It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Kevin Garnett punches his big ticket to the Hall of Fame straight out of high school to NBA stardom. One of three players with 25,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 5,000 assists. NBA Championship Olympic gold. All right, welcome back. Mackie and Joe with Rami here from the TCL Studios. Live video streaming as well on Score North Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch, where you can see Rami in the quarantined studio. There he is right there. That's him. Hey. <laughs> That's me. Look at me. Um, Jim Peterson called for Fox Sports North uh, more than a decade of Kevin Garnett games. And uh, Jim P, we love having you on the show. And this is going to be kind of a weird question to start off with. But how would you describe Kevin Garnett to an alien who came in and has never heard of Kevin Garnett? Like, how? how what is your <laughs> elevator pitch for how to explain Kevin Garnett? <laughs> that's a good question. Oh man, that is uh, that's a hard one because uh, you, you have to physically describe him, and then personality wise and then what he means to humans you know it's like there's a lot there's and this is what i say about kg all the time and and i don't know judd did you spend any time around him uh yes you're probably the only one not a ton but a bit yeah um he's he's one of the most complex people i've ever been around a very very uh intelligent uh, super high functioning, um, intense, um, physically dominant, um, talented. Uh, I mean, it, he's just so layered. You know, like it, it, it's it's really hard to, to explain like who he is. He's one of the just most interesting people I've ever been around. I mean, like truly, like he he it, just to watch him every day. I just play the game. You know, he brought so much joy to fans. If you just saw him when, when he walked onto the Target Center floor to play a game, you saw a little snippet of it. But then if you watched him practice, you saw other layers. If you traveled with him on the plane and sat and watched him interact with his teammates, you saw another layer. If you talked to him, it was another thing. Um, you know, pretty much when you see people, what you see is what you get. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Phil, I played golf with you, right? And I've interacted with you and, and you know, I've heard you on the radio and, and and you're pretty much kind of the same same person. I mean Just a jackass you know, both. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're you know, I I'm not really that much different, I think, that from, from one place but but Ticket was like he was just so 
complex, you know what I mean? Like, and, and interesting. Like I used to, uh, when I first started with the Timberwolves, <clears throat> one of my jobs was, um, well, Hartman was doing the post game show. Um, I would, uh, I would go and do post game sound in the locker room and, and really only on the road. Cause at home, you know, Bill Honaker, other people, they would do, um, post game sound. But when I, on the road would go in the locker room and do post game sound, you had to wait for KG. Like he didn't, he didn't just like sit there in his locker and like at, answer questions. He didn't start answering questions until he turned around. No, once he turned around, he, he was uh, probably one of the, I, I would say sports writers would probably rank him up there in the top 10 or 15 of, of all athletes. Like, like once he turned around, but Steve Ashburner, who was the beat writer back in those days, he would be so upset. Like if you talk to Ash right now about what it was like covering Kevin Garnett, he would say it was infuriating, especially when you had West Coast deadlines. You'd be sitting in there in L.A. after in Staples Center, wait after a game, and you'd have to, you know, you know, you're trying to get your 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 piece in, and you need a Garnett quote, and he's taking forever to get out of the shower and to turn around in his locker to take questions. But once he did, he gave you freaking gold, man. Like it was unbelievable how like the metaphors that he would come up with. Like he really thought about your question. You know, some of these guys say. They take your questions and they and they just give you some kind of cliche. Ticker was never like that, so um, it, it, it's. It, I was really lucky to be around him, you know, because as, as frustrating as it was, um, and he wasn't always the warmest, nicest person. Like it, you know, if you did anything that that kind of graded against him, he he would hold grudges, um, and that wasn't always nice. Uh, but. Um, to be around him was was just an incredible experience. Was it too much sometimes? I got friends who I love dearly, but they're they're really intense and and it wears on you. And I can only be around them so much. Was Kevin Garnett ever just too much? And you either just wish he would shut up, or you would just leave the room and go somewhere else. Well, I, I can't ever say that I've, I've ever spent a time with him like that. Right? Ever had too much? You know? I mean, obviously, like um, you know. I just, I just always would talk to, you know, I, I obviously I, I was a player, so I know how players act. I was, you know, I played with Akeem Olajuwon. I played with Chris Mullen, Tim Hardaway, Mitch Richmond. I played with Kenny Smith. I played with Raymond Tisdale, Danny Ainge, you know. I, I, I played with a lot of great players and, and was around a lot of great players. Um, and, you know, I mean, when guys would, when we played, um, you know, sports writers and broadcasters would, would be on the same bus with us. Like we would always, they'd be, we, we flew commercial. We would sit at, we would sit at, um, at gates, you know, and sit there and, and we'd fly with, with people like, you know, just like a normal person. You know what I mean? Like it's the NBA now and pro sports in general is like the velvet rope is up, you know? And so um, I think there's a lot of players now that are extra, you know what I mean? Like, like, I think that like the whole league is extra, um, and, and so I think guys were more normal. I mean, like Larry Bird and, and Magic Johnson sat at the gate at Minneapolis airport. You know what I mean? That's amazing. Can you imagine um, just like Kevin, and, Dur- Kevin Durant and Steph Curry are just having a beer right there. Kevin Durant sitting at, at, at yeah. gate C14. Um, the gate has changed no. to E15. <laughs> oh, dang it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's, that's, that's just, you just can't even imagine that happening. So. Um, but so like, you know, like when, when Tico would walk on the plane, like he, he wouldn't, you know, like he would, sometimes he would say hello. Sometimes he wouldn't, you know I mean? Like, you, you know, like, I don't know. It just, it just was, it just, the league is just different now. It just, is just different. It's just different. But I'll tell you like his teammates, 
like love him. And I, I never, he was never one of my teammates. So I never knew him that way, but like the, the, the guys that played with him just like, just love him. And I can see why. And if you coached him, you loved him because he freaking brought it every day. And he, I just, I just loved him for that. I loved him for the fact that he played so hard. He, he demanded that others play hard. And I think that for the most part, he was a great teammate from that perspective. And Jim P two, how, how much credit does KG uh, get? Because, Going in the way back machine, in 95, he's drafted by uh, Wolves first round. And at that point in time, he's the first high school player, Jim Pete, to come out since 75. And so I remember a lot of us were saying, oh, boy, that's a risky draft pick. You know, this is a kid, basically, uh, hasn't gone to college. And and at that time, that that was a big deal. How much credit does he he get to for for sort of for a time period there? Uh, paving the way for players coming directly from high school, which the year that he came in, I think a lot of us thought was a really daunting task. Yeah, I mean, I think he was, uh, he he deserves a lot of credit, as does Kobe Bryant, you know, as does Tracy McGrady, as does, you know, all those guys that came in out of high school and and performed at a high level right away. Um, But Ticket was, um, like I say, you know, he's, he's an old soul, you know, you know, he really is like you would, when you, and you interviewed him and talked to him back at, even when he was uh, 18, 19, 20, like he just was, uh, he just was a different kind of cat, man. He was cut out of a different kind of cloth. Like they're just like, they just don't make people like that every day. Like he's special. And um, he, he was an old soul, you know, and some guys are, are made for that. LeBron James is, is cut out of that same cloth. You know, LeBron, when you hear him interviewed when he was in high school, for crying out loud, you know, we've, we've been watching all these uh, McDonald's All-Americans games since we've been sequestered into our houses. You know, I, that was one of the first things I did was watch the LeBron James McDonald's All-American game. He was so well-spoken as a 17-year-old kid, you know. I mean, just amazing. And KG was just like that. So, he deserves a tremendous amount of credit because he was a real trailblazer. Bill Willoughby was the guy that you're talking about, yep. and Moses, you know, came out early. Um, I knew Bill Willoughby like when I played for the Rockets. Like he was around, and like you know, um, and Moses Malone, of course, you know, was so young when he came out. Um, he was supposed to go to the University of Maryland, and he he for went to, uh, college to go play in, in the ABA. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just Kevin Garnett is is singularly unique, no question. Jim Peterson is with us here uh, talking KG. KG is going to the Hall of Fame, and uh, Jim Pete is a treasure trove of stories, and uh, it just goes back to the late 90s, broadcasting games for Kevin Garnett on Fox Sports North. And I just, I just threw out, we just, we started the show with a new segment called Alternate Reality because you, as you can imagine right now, Jim Pete, we love just making up new segments because there's no actual live sports. And, and the, and the one that I I think about, I feel so sorry for you guys to talk. It's no, it's been super fun. We're having a good time. We're doing action movie rewind on Fridays if you want to join us uh, for Con Air. What are we doing? Con Air this Friday, Jim, if you want to jump on. (laughs) But I threw out a, a what if scenario to these guys guys and said the Marbury thing wound up blowing up in everyone's face what if the Wolves had hung on to Ray Allen and Ray Allen sticks around for 10 years as KG's sidekick before they ever go to Boston and they do it here in Minnesota how far could the Wolves have gone when you think back to Kevin Garnett's first run with the Timberwolves 10 plus years what is your number one what if scenario that runs through your mind like what if Cassell hadn't gotten hurt in 04 what if Ray Allen was like lack of a sidekick 
What's your number one what if with Kevin Garnett? You know, I just was watching uh, uh, the the Malik Seeley game um, from 90, uh, 90, was it 2000? 2000. 2000, yeah. 90, 90, 90, 2000. Yep. I was doing radio with Chad Hartman. Trent Tucker was doing the games with, uh, with Sean Grandy. Um, and uh, just seeing that team, you know, it was a pretty, pretty talented team. You know, you got Joe Smith and, and uh, Wally Zerbiak and um, Rosh Nesterovich and, you know, some of the depth that we, that we had on that team. Now is the, is the uh, Ray Allen thing happening, happening in a vacuum where I can also see what if the Joe Smith thing doesn't happen, Yeah, you know, cause that was four draft picks. Um, and that, that was just as crippling as anything else. You know, I think, I don't think people remember how crippling that was actually to not, I mean, the Wolves are a playoff team. So like, you're not talking about lottery picks. You're talking about, you know, uh, bottom third, probably picks first round picks, but still when you don't get first round picks, that's, that's debilitating because there are trade chips and other things that can happen. But um, I was there in, in Oakland when Steph Marbury uh, was gone and Sam Mitchell's booting basketballs up in the stands because he's so pissed because he realizes that that this 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 dynamic that could have been so great um, not, it was over with and so you know Minnesota got Terrell Brandon in in, um, in you know that whole deal and t- TV was great but I mean you think about Terrell, Terrell Brandon Chauncey Phillips Ray Allen Kevin Garnett that's a pretty good like guard package you know if you could have kept Chauncey around you know what I mean not maybe not traded Chauncey if you had Ray Allen and you had Chauncey Billups and Kevin Garnett that's that's a pretty good trio right there and that would have been pretty fantastic and you know that the Joe the Joe Smith thing you know that whole thing that how it got found out and and you know Kevin McHale had to leave for a year and you know it just was a, just a huge mess um I wish that wouldn't have happened as well but yeah, the what if of if you just would have kept Ray Allen, that would that's like one of the all timer what ifs. I think they could have, I think they could have definitely won championships. I think had that had happened. Another thing we're doing with no sports to watch is something we call quarantine discoveries, where we talk about TV shows, artists, musicians, whatever it is, a new a new workout program that you found with all this time that we all suddenly have trapped in our houses. You have any uh, quarantine discoveries recommendations for us? Uh, all locked up in the house there, Jim Pete. Oh yeah. Um what do we got? Let, me, listen, let me let me go find this thing. Um I was watching um Nate Robinson was going into uh people's homes and he was uh it's called house guests. And um <laughs> and so <laughs> he was he was like just going into into NBA players' houses and he would just go it was like kinda like cribs, but it's Nate Robinson, you know what I mean, coming into the house. And so he would interview people. And so I happened to watch the um, house guest. It's on YouTube. Check it out. Um, Nate Robinson went into James Johnson's house. Um, and he, you know, was James Johnson showing him around. And so James Johnson took him into his weight room. And um, he, he showed him this, um, this thing called X3. Have you seen this thing? No, no. It's like a, it's like, it's like a band workout. So it's like a metal bar that you stick like rubber bands of different sizes that have different tensions. Oh, I've seen this. Workout. Yeah, I've seen that. And so, and so, and so, uh, Nate Robinson, like James Johnson was putting Nate Robinson through this band workout using this X three bar with the different bands. And, and, uh, it looked pretty cool. So when this quarantine thing happened, I'm like, they closed our workout room. You can't go to the health club. 
So I ordered the X3, and it's uh, it was like five hundred bucks. Look at that! Look at and, you! Wow! And, and my son and my son Sanjay's home, so he's using it. So we got our little home gym. It's the X3. I'm not really. I don't even get any money from this. You should be a spokesman, Jim Pete. Yeah, well, Jim Pete's like, and it's promo code Jim <laughs> Pete. Jim <laughs> Pete. <laughs> just go to just go to Pete J, and you can order one <laughs> special offer right now, four hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> Really, it's James Johnson that sold me on it because, like, first of all, that dude is awesome. I mean, how great is James Johnson? Like, yeah. you guys haven't got a chance to really chat, chat with him yet, but that dude is friggin' awesome, and I just love, I love what he does and how he plays. And talking with him is great. And I, I didn't even get a chance to ask him about the X3 and the Nate Robinson thing. I just, I just saw it on um, on YouTube, and um, but I will. I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably gonna interview some guys during this time off here, and I'm gonna ask James about that. So stay tuned. A little Skype or something? Yeah. Hey, Jim Pete, back to Phil's point, too. Um, explain to him, because he was probably about, what, 10 at the time? Explain to him the draft night joy that we felt as Wolves fans, the night that, that they made the trade and flipped Allen to the Bucks for Steph. Because I remember thinking the Timberwolves... And this was a different era, obviously, of basketball, Jim Pete. But I remember we were all saying the Timberwolves finally have a point guard. They they have been searching for one forever. And we all really thought that Steph and KG and Googs, I guess, to a certain degree, but KG and Steph were going to pair up for a 10- to 15-year run that was going to be phenomenal. And there was just... That that probably, short of the playoff year, that probably is in my top five nights of Timberwolves excitement, and it came on draft night. Yeah, I mean, it was it was great, and I think you're also thinking about um, the fact that um, Stockton and Malone was yep. was kind of waxing and waning. It was kind of like towards the end, and, um, you know, you're looking at that dynamic and how dominant Stockton and Malone was. And I think that everybody's kind of saying that this is going to be the modern version of, of John Stockton and Carl Malone. And KG is going to revolutionize the power forward position. And he, did, he certainly did that. And then Marbury, you know, Flip, one of the things about Flip, and Flip and McHale would always debate as to who was better. Like, you know, if you were going to like pick one, like I think that, um, you know, because at the time, uh, the separation wasn't that great. In a lot of ways, Steph Marbury probably was, in some ways, a more polished player than Garnett was, at least at the, at the initial stage. We're talking about 96. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <clears throat> um, and so they would debate. And But Flip always really, um, really coveted point guards. Like, he thought guard play was the most important thing in basketball, and I don't disagree with him. I, I, I think he's right. I think that, that point guard play is super important. You've got to be able to shoot, and that's, that shooting guard position is very important, but the game is so different now because what even is a point guard? You know what I mean? James Harden is, is a version of it. LeBron James is a version of it. Steph, uh, Stephen Curry is a version of it. So, but like someone like Steph Marbury was so physically physically dominant. Remember what a, just like what a powerhouse he was. Like if you like he was so physically dominant at that position. Like he was he could get to anywhere on the floor. He could elevate. He could shoot. He could defend. Um, and so like that was just a super exciting thing. I wasn't part of the organization at that time, mm-hmm. but I just know being in the organization as long as I have and talking to the people. Like if you talk to Tom Hanneman about this. Hanny would would have a a big time opinion about what that meant, and guys like Jeff Munichy, who you you will all know really well, like what that what, what that meant for Mune uh, to have Steph Marbury. I just know what it meant 
when he left because I was there for that, and and that was super disappointing. Yeah. Well, Jim Pete, we we appreciate you uh, carving some time out of your quarantine life here to to tell KG stories and anecdotes for for the audience and for Timberwolves fans who are just wondering, you know, the, his jersey's going to get retired in Boston. I mean, are we? Yep. Is this thing going to get patched up at some point in the next couple of years? What does your gut tell you? Um, knowing Kevin, um, probably not until. Uh, the team is sold. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's just the reality of it. Um, but I think that, that Glenn is such a incredible human being that if anybody could patch it up and, and try to make amends and, and make it happen, it, it would be him, but it's, it's up to Kevin. You know, it's it, Glenn. It's, you know, it's, this is not about Glenn Taylor. This is about Kevin Garnett really it's, you know, Glenn has, has tried to reach out. Glenn has tried to, tried to, you know, uh, you know, build a bridge um, you know, things happen with ownership situation, you know, when foot passed and, um, you know what I mean? Like these things just have to be decisions have to be sort of like be willing to be swept under the rug a little bit. And so, you know, it's not going to happen in Minnesota until, until KG wants to happen. And that's, that's just the reality. It's too bad because this fan base, you know, really it shouldn't even be about anything but Kevin Garnett, and it should be about the fans. It's yeah. not about the owner of the team. Absolutely, it's about it's about yep. it's about the sanctity of basketball in the state of Minnesota and his relationship with the fan base. That's really what it's about. Yeah. Amen. That's Jim Peterson. Talk to you soon, man. Thanks, Thanks Jim. for coming on. Okay, guys. Okay, see ya. All right. Uh, hopefully, we get games back at some point. He's exactly but, right, though. Yeah, that's exactly right. This um, is a, this this should be about Garnett and the fans, and that's that's kind of you know. I think there is a Glenn Taylor aspect to this that is very, very criticizable. Just uh, you know, a 25-year sample of the Timberwolves hmm? stumbling all over themselves and the most important relationship going by the wayside. However, on the KG side, Jim Pete's right. Like whatever, whatever feelings you're harboring and whatever bad will has been built up, it's never spilled over into the fan base. The fans have the fans have never bailed on KG, and KG has never really bailed on the fans, other than like not being at Target Center. But it, yeah, but like he came back. What was it last year when Ryan Saunders' first game, and he sat front row and and had his Timberwolves garb on. And it's just it it is sad that he's going to go in and, and and get his Celtics jersey retired before his Timberwolves jersey retired, but. As Jim Pete said off the top of that conversation, he is a complex human being, Kevin Garnett. And uh, I know later in the show we're going to get to an article that was written by, was it Jackie McMullen who wrote that for ESPN.com? I believe so, yeah. Detailing KG behind the scenes as a leader, and there's oh, complicated layers there as well. Oh, yeah. There are. We'll flush some of that yeah, out. Yeah, it was Jackie McMullen. Yeah. It's almost like somebody else who was here. It's it's not, oh, not true. It's weird. You mean seems, somebody who's it's got not, a, not true? Seems very similar. You mean one guy has a title and one guy doesn't? We can talk about it later, unless you guys want to get into it now. No, let's uh, right. let's get into it. Let's get into we'll it at like five thirty. Can't 5:30? get into it now. All right, it's no time to get into it right yeah. now. But um, yeah, Jim Jim Pete. I, I I mean that's that's as pointed as I've heard anyone say flat out. Like, hey, it's on KG at this point. That, like, but like, what if you're Glenn Taylor and you've tried to reach out? And well, you know that you've kind of screwed things up in the past, and you could have done things differently. Here's my problem, though. So flip. So I I think that to my point, this is about two people or two entities: the fans and KG and Flip. 
what I don't understand from the Glenn perspective is Glenn Glenn went a long way towards his um, uh, comments after Garnett left for Boston to screw that up round one, okay? So Flip comes back here and works his ass off to get KG to come back. Mm-hmm. Wave your no trade from Brooklyn. I don't want to. No, here's what we're going to do, and here's what we're going to do. So the Glenn part that I am very, very would love to know the full play-by-play of is what was what exactly did Flip promise KG? What was not delivered upon in that? And how did Glenn screw this up again to make KG, who is a very who is a very big, as Jim Pete said, on grudges? How did he screw this up again so thoroughly to get us back to where we sit right now? That's yeah, my question. I don't know. And but I'd like the play by play. I want to know if promises were made that Glenn Taylor didn't know about or didn't sign off on. That's what it seems like. Right? Right, but then don't you have to say what were they, Kevin, and how do we work those out exactly? Because sadly, Flip has passed. Like, don't you work to save this right after that whole thing happens? Like, now it seems too late. Again. It also, something else worth bringing up, KG with his temperamental personality and the fact that he holds grudges and he can be moody and all the things that we just talked about with Jim Pete. He doesn't strike me as somebody that you would want running things behind the scenes. I think he's somebody that you definitely want, hey, be involved on an oh, ownership sure. level. I got you. Be involved on an ownership level. But definitely be like a face of the organization yeah. and but I don't I don't need someone temperamental and moody and all those different things running important things behind the scenes. That and that may and I maybe that's part of the discussion too behind the scenes when Flip Saunders passes away and thinking, all right, well, what do we do here? We need, we need, and of course, when you, <laughs> this is the thing about Glenn Taylor, like, all right, we need a steady hand to run the ship and somebody who's going to be fair and cross over departments, Tom Thibodeau, bring him on down, right? Well, how are so, we to, how are we to know that Tibbs was a little bristly himself? Yeah, there wasn't any evidence. I mean, you and I celebrated just as much as I was going to say, I'm guilty that of that one. I can't. I cannot say that I sat there and pounded this table and said, this is not a good hire. I thought it was a great hire. So, Amazing. goes to show what I know. Uh, gentlemen, are you ready for quarantine discoveries when we come back here? Yeah. Absolutely, Let's yeah. Go. I need right. things. I'm almost, I'm like three episodes from being done with Ozark, so I need things for All sure. Right, so, things that we discovered can be entertainment, can be things just walking around in our daily lives. Things that we discovered specifically because we are all living that quarantine life. And uh, the phone lines are open, too, at 651-646-8255, 651-646-8255. You can listen to us live and on demand on the Score North app, which is free to download in the Google Play and Apple stores. Go ahead, download it, listen to our show between 4 and 6 o'clock, listen on demand to all of our podcasts, and read articles, draft-related articles from Matthew Collar. Judd Zolgad has a bunch of Awesome series in the works right now and going forward, and uh, and you can you can be all consuming with your Score North content. All right, quarantine discoveries when we come back here. We could all use a little help while quarantine, and thanks to our many local great partners, Score North Listening Rewards is here with some cash relief all month long. Score North is giving you the chance at twenty five to two hundred dollars in cash just for listening to us. For your chance at free cash, download the Score North mobile app, register, and you could be a winner.